Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. A long-awaited wait. Obviously, we took a few days off from the podcast, but we are back. Everybody take your time out of your day to watch the, watch and listen to today's episode of the Broncos Avenue podcast. Appreciate, appreciate you guys so much as always. I'm your host, Amir, with my great co-host, Jordan, today to go go ahead and cover so many things that we've missed over the last few days and you know, going all the way from the Super Bowl yesterday all the way to the Broncos potential defensive coordinator candidates, breaking them down, all of their history, background, everything that we know about them in terms of their schematic defense and how they um, will, what, what they potentially will bring to Denver. But before we uh, go ahead and jump in all that and more, Jordan, how, how are you doing today, brother? I'm doing good. Um, the game was amazing yesterday. I mean, it was a great Super Bowl. Um, I loved it. I'm not going to lie. It was, but I, I've been good, though. How about you? Yeah. Doing pretty good. That that was a hell of a Super Bowl. I mean, 38 to 35, you got the two number one seeds. I mean, you can't really ask for much more. Obviously, as a Broncos fan, you would have liked to see the Bengals in there, but it is what it is. I mean, that's that was the best team in the NFL this year, and they won the Super Bowl. Um, I picked them at the beginning of the season uh, around like week three-ish to go to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Didn't go that way, but I did pick them to win. They, they ended up winning it all. Um, beat the, the Eagles yesterday, obviously, 38 to 35. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and talk. Let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit. So obviously, um, first quarter, both teams opened up the drives uh, with opening touchdowns. That was the first time, um, you know, that that has happened ever since the uh, Packers and Broncos played in the Super Bowl. So it's been a long time since both opening, since both teams scored on the opening drives touchdowns. So um, you could tell right away that this is going to be like a shootout game. Um, then next thing you know. Um, you know, it just it just kind of kept going. The second quarter is really where it just kind of took off more with the points being scored. Um, Eagles they put they put up twenty four in the first half. Um, they obviously had the ten point lead against Mahomes, but I mean everybody was getting a little bit too ahead of themselves. I mean we saw so we saw so many comebacks this year, and obviously when you have Mahomes at the other end of the stick, you gotta you gotta you know. You can't help but think that he's probably going to win that game. I mean, you've seen multiple times. You saw 24-0 against Watson and the Texans in the playoffs a few years ago. So, But overall, it was a really good game. Um, first half, not too much. Then, obviously, halftime comes around. Rihanna, what what a performance. Uh, that was – what did you think about the halftime show? I thought it was great. Man, I thought it was um, I thought it was great and it was hilarious because like where I was watching the game, everybody kind of went crazy because you know she's pregnant again, and I, you know I mean it was it was just funny. I mean, but I love the halftime show though; it was good. Yeah, I I kind of grew up um you know with my uh, my mom always playing like Rihanna, Lady Gaga, always in the car and stuff. So to watch that Super Bowl halftime show was a little you know reminiscent, nostalgic. Um, it was really cool to see that. Um, would have liked a few more song selections, but it was insane how high she was up there. I mean, I don't think we've seen that in Super Bowl history ever in halftime show. I mean, they I you can literally see on the platforms that she was up on there. There was handles. On yeah. the, the the surface, if she, like if she would have fell, that's what she had to would have had to grab on. That's that's damn scary, dude. Like you gotta Man, when you're like rating when you're rating your <laughs> halftime show, you gotta think about like how life threatening that was and how much practice and you know that that's gotta be scary. Yeah, I, I know it was. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I don't know if I could do that. I mean, cause she was high, <laughs> and I, I'm like, yeah. God, like I'm like, bro, you one slip and you just you done for. Yeah, I'm like, scary. You're done for. Yeah, but I, I, overall, I would give the halftime show like an eight out of ten. It was it was really yeah. really good. Um, then obviously third quarter comes around and things start really really changing for the Chiefs. They obviously get back into it. Um, then you know fourth quarter we saw just like um, we saw a lot of you know 
red zone trips by the Chiefs. And I thought Jonathan Gannon did a pretty poor job in that fourth quarter uh, red zone defensive play calling. Um, you know, speaking of play calling, this this game was one of the best, probably the best play calling games I've seen all year by any team, any game. I mean, the play calling in this game was tremendous. Andy Reid, Shane Steichen, um, Nick Sirianni, the way that they and Eric Bieniemy deserve all the credit, man. That was a hell of a game. And speaking of hell of a game, Jalen Hurts balled out, just balled out. I mean, you guys that watched him and, you know, I used to wake up. Him and Justin Fields, whenever I would watch college football, I would literally wake up just to watch them play football. You know, they're Oklahoma um, and Alabama, and then, you know, obviously Ohio State with Justin Fields. But just getting to see him play in the biggest game of his life like that after all that he went through with the, you know, being benched with uh, Tua coming in at the Natty, and then obviously all the adversity that he battled. And then when he comes to the Eagles, all their fans hated them. Like, I hardly can remember any Eagles fans that are actually supporting Jalen Hurts through all of this. And next thing you know, he's their franchise quarterback and runner-up for MVP, and he's facing the MVP in the Super Bowl. It's And then the way he played, he was like 27 of 38. I mean, that's un- unbelievable. That's like 11 incompletions in the Super Bowl. He had four total touchdowns, three on the ground. I mean, what a hell of a game. I just, man, I was just sick, just very, very sick to see the, the result that, you know, they got. And you just, I mean, if you're an NFL fan, how could you not love Jalen Hurts? He's just a he's just a walking W. He's so humble, but so, you know, confident in himself at the same time. And he's just a really chill, awesome, awesome dude. And obviously an incredible player on the football field. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, Jalen Hurts, he played, I think, well as an understatement. He played – that was a legendary performance from Jalen Hurts yeah. in that Super Bowl. I mean, he came out there, the first possession. I mean, the you see the first possession to the first play of the second quarter, the second half. I mean, other than the fumble he had that, you know, I mean, he was spectacular. I mean, the throws he was making, the ability that he was, you know, said, okay, I'm going to be the passing game and the running game because – the running backs, they the, credit to the Chiefs. I didn't think they were going to be able to do that. They they stopped them from running the football with the running backs. But I mean, Jalen Hurts just took over. I mean, he gave, was getting four downs using his legs. I mean, he was just he was unbelievable. And I mean, um, like I think Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, played one of the best games. I I think both of them played some of the best games I've ever seen yeah. by a quarterback. So I mean, but Jalen Hurts statistically, I mean, he did everything he could. I mean, he did every single thing he could. I mean, you look at the stats for their offense. I mean, Devontae Smith had seven catches, 100 yards. A.J. Brown had six catches, 96, and touchdown. That throw he threw to A.J. Brown was unbelievable. I'm not going to oh, lie. Yeah. Like, I mean, because I, I was – Trent McDuffie played it bad. Like, he, it reminded me of when uh, Raheem Moore backpedaled against Jacoby oh, Jones. Like, yeah, I'm just like, McDuffie, man, you keep going at the angle you're going, you got a better chance. But the throw was unbelievable. Yeah. Dallas Goddard got his. I mean – Jalen, I mean, he did everything he could yesterday. Just, I mean, it was unbelievable. Like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't think Jalen Hurts could make some of the throws that he made, you know, towards the sidelines and things like that. The one to AJ, I was, man. It's incredible. Yeah, he, yeah, he 11 incompletions and like all those incompletions were from like plays being overturned because the catcher, the you know, receivers didn't receive you know possession. Um, and then obviously, uh, and most of them were throwaways as well. So, I mean, he literally nearly played a uh, nearly perfect, perfect game. I mean, you can make the case that he really did. And I, I believe the whole game they only punted like two times. So, the fact that you won that you lost by three in a shootout like that, I mean, if the blame has to go anywhere. I mean, you you got to put on Gannon's defensive play calling in you know the fourth quarter. There were just some really questionable calls there, and Andy Reid really took advantage. It just got some wide open tutties. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm not gonna necessarily I'm not gonna necessarily say Gannis play calling. I think that um guys just didn't execute and I'm not gonna lie, Debo Samuel and and I they, they try to tell everybody the secondary isn't as good as everybody thought it was. And I think that's you know what what we saw. Once Kansas City took away the pass rush, everything got exposed. Bradbury couldn't hold anybody, which I thought he I, I go into the game, I predicted I'm like, well, Slay and Bradbury, man, they they gonna shut down those receivers. I'm like, I think Kelsey would have got his. But I mean, I mean it's it's crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Like the way the way that the defense like just couldn't stop Mahomes. And I I thought me personally, I thought I was like, man, Eagles probably gonna end up beating the crap out of these. But I'm like, you got Hassan Reddick and all those Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, Brandon Graham, Robert Quinn. I'm thinking, uh, John, I'm thinking all these guys from the just cook wasn't the case. Wally and Orlando Brown took it all out the game, and they. Gannon, I mean, he called what he could, but Miss Mahomes just exposed him. Him and Kelsey had exposed them boys. I was like, 35 points? That's crazy. I mean, yeah. the 38 points is crazy. Like, man. Yeah, and credit to Mahomes because he was calling some, you know, good audibles and adjustments to the line of scrimmage to really expose Gannon's defense. So, um then obviously you mentioned Bradbury, the very controversial call that everybody's still whining about till this morning. Um do you, do you think it was a hold or not? I I mean, Man, it was it was a hold. Like I I, I don't yeah. get what people are like. It was like okay, everybody. I was like okay, everybody. Let's calm down. Let's see what the flag is. He tugged him. Bradbury. I don't see. Here's my thing. Why is everybody still trying to argue this? Bradbury said I he held. So now people are just the argument towards well, you can't call that call in a game like that. Like what do you mean? Like that's too, nah, that, that's... like okay, like like bro. If it rolls a reverse and the Eagles didn't get that call. All hell will break loose. Like they they have to call that. Like plus, not to mention, Bradbury got away with one earlier in the game when he was going to Juju. You know, uh, when Mahomes it was like third and eight, he threw across. Oh yeah, the I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I mean, he got away with one. Just he said it. I thought the referees was gonna let it slide. Nah, man. Mm-mm. That flag went out, and the rest is history. Yeah, I mean that's. That's good on him for taking accountability. Accountability. You, you like seeing that from your veteran players, um, especially on you know a game changing play like that. And I, I love Pat McAfee so much, but he was coming out last night saying that at that point in the game you can't call a flag. Like, bro, that is not fair to the game of football. Like, it's not. if if there's a flag, you call a flag. I don't I don't give a, a damn if that if it's in a crucial play of the game. I mean, you just you if it's a flag, you call a flag. I mean, that's what the point of penalties are. That it just defeats the whole purpose of you know calling pen- penalties in general because at that point if you're not calling it because it's oh in a big crucial point in the fourth quarter then you're just making it seem like more of a scripted league because yeah. then you're gonna have people going at Roger Goodell and stuff when they already are and saying like well damn like if you're not calling at that point in the game and then why weren't you calling at this point in the game and it's just gonna be become a whole you know cycle thing and I just completely disagree with Pat McAfee though but I, I you know I love his show and everything he stands for and great podcast but. I just think he kind of, you know, it's not only him. I mean, everybody is just saying at that point in the game, I had some people yeah. messaging me like at that point in the game, you can't call a play like that. Dude, you just sound like an old head at that point. Like, yeah, a flag I, mean, is a flag. I mean, I'll say this. I agree with I agree with the philosophy of at some points in the game, you can't call certain penalties. Like I wouldn't say can't call, but I'll say sometimes you do just let them play. But on a holding call, it's holding. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's preventing him from doing something. I understand that both guys are hand-checking, and they, you know, both guys are hand-fighting. They're yeah. both fighting for position, and then they throw a flag. I'm like, well, they're both fighting for it. You know, that's controversial. 
But in this case, you can obviously you can obviously see Bradbury held him. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the fans, they don't want to just sit there and say, man, the Eagles lost. There's got to be a reason why they lost. The reason was they just – they lost. The better team yeah. won. That's what it and was. Who, who knows if, like, they ended up not calling that holding call. Who knows if the Eagles really would have went marched all the way down the field in that little time yeah. and able to kick a field goal. So, I mean, maybe they would have, but um, that, that throw at the end of the game by Hurts was probably his only bad throw of the game. Um, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure what they were throwing up there, um, drawing up there. But yeah, I, in terms of that whole holding call, I obviously a hold. I mean, you watch it frame by frame. He did tug at his jersey, um, but to me, it's like, did it really affect his route too much? I mean, me personally, you know, being an NFL fan, if I'm the ref, I would have called it. But at the same time, like I, I can understand the frustration because it really didn't affect his route. But at the same time, you got to realize that ball was overthrown like hell. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, but, whatever. Yeah, but the, so here's the thing: like he wasn't gonna catch it, but that's not the that's not the rule. So if it was pass interference, I would say, well, that's that's a bad call because the ball was not catchable. But in yeah, a holding, true, yeah. it's a holding call, and just because Pat Mahomes threw it, it it's a holding. Like it doesn't matter if the ball was catchable or anything. Like you, it's like the same thing off the line. Like you, you hold somebody, you hold somebody. That's ten yards, and it just it was the worst point in the game because especially because Bradbury, you gotta know like there's no way Juju is fast enough to go get this ball. Like it's no way Juju's gonna outrun me to get this ball and. He, he didn't even have to hold him. That's my thing. He didn't even have to do it. The ball was going to be overthrown regardless. Yeah, that it yeah, just, that is a really good point. Yeah. It's just me, like me. I, I played wide receiver and corner in junior high, um, and I, I know that, like, whenever you're trying to follow a receiver on a route, you generally want to, like, have your hands around his hips to, like, kind of, you know, feel where the direction he could be taking, stay with him. Um, so – at the same time, though, there was a tug on the jersey, so yeah, I completely get it. I'm not mad about it at all. The Chiefs I'm are not. simply the better team yesterday. Yeah. They simply are the better team. So, Eagles fans, you just got to give it up. And you guys are absolutely crazy. You got the police, you know, greasing, uh, you know, light poles so that you don't climb the fucking poles. Like, you guys got to chill, wait, bro. Wait, wait, Did you see, like, I just posted this before I came on. Did you see the Eagles fan <laughs> eating horseshit? What? <laughs> I saw the Eagles fan punching the damn TV and going crazy. Like, bro, if you guys haven't seen that, that is hilarious, bro. Bro, I think the Sports Center just posted it. Like, he was, they were all around him chanting at him. This dude gets on the ground and eats horse shit. I'm like, bro. Yo. I'm telling you, man. Bro, what is wrong with these fans? Bro, bro Bill's Mafia, you aren't shit. Man, man, Philly, man, them Philly fans, they over here flipping cars. I said, I said, what's. I'm because I, I thought I thought I was like, man, ain't no way this dude actually gonna pick he picked it up by his by his teeth and just I was like, oh he's tweaking, he's tweaking. Like. Oh man, I wish you never told me that, dude. Um oh yeah, and then the Chiefs they finally broke the uh, Rocky Balboa statue curse. Um they put the little Chiefs gear around him and they won the they, game. And they um they also broke the coin toss streak, I think. Because the the, the streak was whoever oh, wow. loses has yeah, whoever loses the coin toss wins the game. I think that was it, yeah, and the Chiefs won the coin toss, so that streak's broken too. Yeah, overall, that was a really that was a really fun Super Bowl. I'm not gonna lie. You can't ask for a better game like that. 38 to 35. You got the two number one seed, just incredible offensive performance. And it's not like the defense played terrible either. I mean, obviously that's a lot of points given up, but I mean, those are two big teams going head to head there. So um 
you know, obviously late in the game, Eagles, Eagles defense. Eh, but overall, man, they, I, I would, man, that was they, a really good Super Bowl. Man, they they disappointed me. I'm not gonna lie, man. I, I had money on Philly. Like it was just it's one of those things. Like, how do you just? I mean, I understand it's Mahomes and it's Andy Reid. Like, I, I get all that. But at some point, like he, bro, just what we seen with Patrick Mahomes, I think we're never gonna see again. This dude is on a grade two high ankle sprain, re-aggravated it, and went out there and ran. What how many yards did he run on that ankle sprain? Was that like 20 yards, 25 yards in the yeah. fourth quarter? Come on, man. Like, I'm I'm watching plays where Wiley is just I'm talking about Wiley is killing Hassan Reddick, just forcing him to the ground. Multiple, just take. He took him out the game. I don't think Hassan Reddick even had a half a sack or a prep. Man, I ain't gonna. That's crazy. I was not expecting that at all. I mean, this pick was honestly kind of. It was kind of easy for me. I I saw experience on one side. I saw a lot of less experience on the Eagles side. So, oh, cheese easily. Okay. I mean, I I just thought like you know I thought like mostly like everybody did. Like I'm thinking like man, Philly like Kansas City has. The top three players, Jones, Kelsey, and Mahomes. But I'm like, Philly's got the better team. Like, like every other position besides quarterback and tight end, like in D tackle, like they're better at every single position. Like, and they just went out there and dominated them. They, I'm, jeez, oh, I, I, I was shocked the way the way Philly just got no pressure on Mahomes was just crazy. I'm not gonna lie, I was not expecting that. I got so much for building an offensive line too, man. That offensive line oh, yeah. is crazy. It's insane. Orlando Brown was like, they they were out like Creed Humphrey and them boys. Oh my God. Like I mean, yeah, it was funny watching those uh third and one sneaks from the Eagles. Their offensive line is just unbelievable. I mean, they, they were really like just like throwing they, around they kids. Ran, yes, they, bro. They were running sneaks like every third and one. I'm like, like it's crazy. I'm not gonna lie. Kenneth Gainwell was pushing, was pushing Jalen Hurts over the pile with Chris Jones. I'm like, dude, like, bro. His offensive line is just crazy. Like, some of the lanes he had going into, like, you know, I think it was one touchdown he had, one touchdown run. The lane was just wide open. I'm like, man, I, I could have ran that in there. I mean, he was just so – Jalen Hurts, just, he just jogged in there. And I'm just like, bro, Jason Kelsey and them boys is crazy. They're crazy. Yeah, I hope, I hope for Jason Kelsey's sake he doesn't retire. Uh, I mean, obviously you have to have health in your family and, in, in, you know, consideration, but he's still probably – arguably the best center in the league so i mean he, he, yeah. he's on he's an unbelievable player um but yeah good game i i got so much hate the last you know you know yesterday in the week or so for for picking the chiefs um i mean look i just gotta come on here to say that i love the eagles i literally have eagle eagles jerseys i love Devonte smith i love jalen hurts i i love the eagles i hate the chiefs obviously i hated seeing them win yesterday you saw draymond jones come and tweet that you know we we hate the chiefs and he's absolutely spitting but I mean, I had to pick a team, you know, put your money on. I picked the Chiefs. So everybody that was mad at me, I'm sorry. But, I mean, this is a matter of just picking sports games. So um, I had them winning since the beginning of the year. Um, I had the 49ers going to Super Bowl as well. Um, maybe they would have went, you know, if, you know, freaking, you know, uh, what's his name? Purdy doesn't freaking tear something in his, uh, you know, his throwing hand. But yeah, um, at the, at the same time, yeah. It's, it's, it's really unfortunate because we were literally just on here in the pod a few weeks ago saying that he, he was the franchise guy for their, uh you know, the franchise. But obviously Trey Lance is definitely going to have a shot now with uh, that Purdy injury. Um, and then it looks like Jimmy G's on his way out. We're hearing a lot about, you know, controversy between him and Shanahan. But um, that, that'll be safe for another day. Let's go ahead um and shift to uh, some Broncos related stuff. 
Um, let's go ahead and talk about the latest on the Broncos defensive coordinator search. Um, obviously, we heard about Sean Desai interviewing with the Broncos on Tuesday last week. Um, but we got some news that the Broncos are, in fact, or they did, in fact, interview uh, ESPN analyst, former Jets, former Bills head coach, former Ravens de defensive coordinator, defensive lineman coach, Rex, Ryan. Um, I have a very strong opinion about him. I'm curious to see what you have to say, Jordan. Uh, what, what what do you think about uh, Rex Ryan before I go in and jump into uh, all his history? Um, I Rex Ryan is kind of like I wouldn't hate it, but I wouldn't. I would. It's hard to explain, man. Rex Ryan is just kind of up in the air. It, it would just be a whole different defense. I mean, that's just the simple. I think it would be kind of different, but I think. I think it it would still be really good. I, I don't think it would be as good as Evero, obviously, but I think that I would I wouldn't mind it. I mean, you want to have a coaching staff that's all about winning, and that's talk about changing the culture, bringing Rex Ryan as the DC man. I mean, because I, I watch Get Up, and he'd be on there sometimes, and the stuff he'd be saying it, it's hilarious. But I mean, I would I, I would like it. I mean, it would bring something different to the team, and I think he, he would get that defense rallied up, and he's not going to take any BS. I mean, he's going to go in there, and he's going to play the guys that he thinks is going to win. But I think Patrick Sertan would do wonders. I mean, you look at guys like Antonio Camardi and Darrell Revis under uh, Rex Ryan. Man, Patrick Sertan would definitely go crazy again, like we've just seen this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, it's I don't know for sure, man, but yeah. I wouldn't hate it. Yeah, and then obviously uh, Sheldon Richardson won, uh, you know, defensive rookie of the year with uh, Rex Ryan there in New York. Um, let's go ahead and talk about him a little bit. He uh, obviously he runs a three-four defense. It's what the Broncos run. Um, let's go ahead and talk about, you know, I already mentioned his uh, coaching history a little bit. Um, so. Uh, starting in the NFL, he had, um, you know, 1999 all the way to 2004. Um, he was a defensive lineman coach for the Baltimore Ravens in 2000. Um, they won the uh, Super Bowl um, with him as the defensive lineman coach. Um, you know, obviously that was a Super Bowl that uh, Ray Lewis won Super Bowl MVP. Um, yeah. Then he gets promoted to a defensive coordinator from 2005 to 2007 with the Ravens. Um he uh he had a six and ten season and then a thirteen and uh, three season but then a five and eleven season. Um, he ends up staying with the Ravens though um, as defensive coordinator and you know goes up to assistant head coach after a five and eleven season. Um, it, you know there in two thousand eight goes eleven and five. Um, and then he eventually gets a head coaching gig with the uh, soon be Jets. Um, you know he's a head coach there two thousand nine. All the way to uh, 2014, um, he his records respectively were nine and seven, eleven and five, eight and eight, six and ten, um, eight and eight, and then um, you know four and twelve. Not definitely not good there. Then the Buffalo Bills end up giving him a head coaching gig in 2015, 2016. He goes eight and eight, and then goes seven and eight. Doesn't make it to the end of the season. Um, so obviously, I want to go ahead and give my opinion on him a little bit. Um, and then obviously his defense is ranked top eight in yardage um, allowed every year from 2005 to 2012, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, you do that consistently. That's, that's pretty damn impressive, but you know, obviously he's been in the league a while for that reason, but um, Rex Ryan, I'm just, I'm just going to keep it point blank. If we get him, I'm going to root for him. But as of now, I don't want Rex Ryan. Um, I'm a, I mean, that's just where I that's where I stand right now. Um, I'm more on the train of keep a modern defensive mind on your team. Um, I think that's what this defense needs. I think they need someone that relates, um, that you know, that can relate to the locker room. Someone that the guys can play hard for. That's not to say that guys like Justin Simmons or Tan, like you said, all these guys that 
that they won't play hard for him. I just want someone more relatively young to keep up with these offensives that are seemingly moving in a different direction right now. Um, You know, we're seeing it from these, you know, like the Eagles and Chiefs that we saw yesterday. Um, I think we're just in a different era right now. And I think, um, you know, Rex Ryan not having coached for six to seven years. I'm just, I'm, I'm 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 not really here for it to be honest. I would uh I'd rather um look at Sean Desai um and then Nick Rallis we're we're gonna look at in a minute. Um I have a little bit of opinion about him as well. Make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Um but yeah, Rex Ryan, I mean I, I can't I'm just being honest with you guys. I don't really want Rex Ryan. Um let us know what you guys think about that in the comments and uh, DMS on Instagram at Broncos Avenue and JMX Sports, but um He's he's like you said uh, on Get Up. He's also you know went on there publicly and just bashed Russell Wilson and called the Broncos. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, um, yes. I, I don't know how that's gonna re- resonate with the Broncos locker room. I'm sure they've seen that. I mean, it's literally ESPN. Um, and then you got guys like Justin Simmons who just didn't like Vic Fangio because the you know the kind of jerk that he was in practice. So I can only imagine what it's gonna be like with a uh, a guy like Rex Ryan. Oh, um, it's gonna be way worse. Way worse. That's I just I don't like the personality of Rex Ryan. Um, Obviously, we have to focus on the football stuff and I get that. But the chemistry is really going to play a part in the locker. And why do you think the defense was so good with Averro? It's because they they really bought into what he was running. They bought into what he was calling and the way he coached and the the approach that he had week in and week out, knowing that the offense was probably not going to put up more than, you know, 16 or even 10 points. So um, I think we need another young guy who was just an innovative mind that can really work things out with Sean Payton and bring the best out of our defense. And I don't necessarily think Rex Ryan's going to be the guy for that. Um, but if he is the next DC here, um, I'm obviously going to root for the guy. I'm just not, I think it's a very, um, you know, a not a non-exciting, uh, you know, candidate for this uh, Broncos DC search. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's kind of like a Vic Vangio thing. Um, and, you know, people, you know, they got to remember, you know, our defense is still relatively young. You know, we're not all veterans like we were when like, we won the Super Bowl. Like, you know, when we had Wade Phillips and, you know, that's kind of what, you know, the Broncos tried to keep and still, you know, with Vic Vangio, just a guy that's going to be hard on the guys and everything like that. It's a relatively young defense. And, you know, you got your captain, one of the captains of your defense, Justin Simmons, don't doesn't really like that style. You got to take that into consideration. Um but yeah, I, I do think the younger option is the way to go. But if Rex Ryan does end up being a DC, which I'm not gonna lie, it it has a strong chance that it's looking like because I'm pretty sure he would definitely take the job if offered. Like I'm pretty sure he would 100% take the job. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, he's gonna have to do. A, I'm pretty sure he, he's gonna do a lot of catching up, you know, to the modern NFL. But oh yeah, man, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, and then obviously. Um, the Sean Payton connection here, uh, you know, Rex Ryan's brother, his twin brother, Rob Ryan, was Sean Payton's defensive coordinator in New Orleans from 2013 to uh, 2015. Credit to Benjamin Albright for finding that. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's connections there. There's history. Sean Payton knows Rex Ryan's family and vice versa. So um, obviously I'm sure that they uh, keep in contact, but um, obviously there's got to be a connection there. Um I I'm just, I'm just not here for it. Uh, I, I would rather, I, yeah, I would, I would uh, rather just go after you know a younger guy that you know better fits. Um, you know he does fit our scheme. I just, um, honestly, I would rather take someone that runs a four th- uh, four three defense that you know is younger and you know bright a brighter mind coming into the, you know NFL rank you know, you know going up in the rankings of you know NFL coaching rather than Rex Ryan who already fits our scheme. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, just and just to put it out there, I don't want Rob Ryan touching his staff whatsoever. I Rob, I hated Rob Ryan so much. Just oh my god. But I will say, um, Rex Ryan. I mean, like you said, I agree with everything you just said, man. It's just we need younger guys, four three more DBs on the field. Don't like a lot, not that many linebackers, especially in coverage. And yeah, you need a guy that can really relate to these young guys and bring them up. And you know, it's one thing to just drill them and drill, you know, winning into them. But it's like you gotta relate to them nowadays, especially someone you gotta relate to them. It's not like you know, about five, ten years ago when you could just you know drill that in the guys and guys didn't mind it. That's that's not guys don't like that nowadays. Yeah, and my last reason why I wouldn't want uh, Rex Ryan is because he has a foot fetish. So, um, what? Please, please keep that. <laughs> You you didn't know this. He has a he openly has a foot fetish. If you go on like articles and stuff, um, Rex Ryan has talked about he has a he has like a good toe for the game or something like he's a toe expert. That's what he said. Rex Ryan is a um, so Broncos players. Um, if you're in the locker room with our Rex Ryan, please keep your socks on. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a bit um it's a bit worrisome. Oh no, nah, he's wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, good thing that good thing Averro didn't have a foot fetish. But going on to our next uh, next candidate for the Broncos DC job, we got uh, so a little tip from uh, Ian Rappaport that um, the Broncos are expected to interview uh, Eagles linebackers coach Nick Rallis for defensive coordinator, someone who has been groomed big time by uh, Jonathan Gannon there in uh, Philly. Um, the Broncos are now able to interview him for the DC job now that the Super Bowl is over. Um, obviously, a lot of Eagles coaches. Coaches are now, you know, going to their respective jobs now. Jonathan Gannon is expected to interview for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job, which is taking them just forever to complete. Um, and then obviously we got um, news that Shane Steichen um, is expected to get the head coach job and sign the contract today with the Indianapolis Colts. I think that's a great hire by them with the, you know, candidates that they have left available. I think that's a, a good one. I just didn't think that was actually going to happen, you know, after what happened with, uh, you know, Frank Reich, who does have ties to that Eagles coaching staff, um, you know, the way that they treated him on his way out. But um, it's going to be interesting one. you know, Shane Steichen's going to get his rookie guy there. But going back over to the Broncos, uh, D.C., uh, you know, defense coordinator job um nick rallis he uh was a 2018 uh through 2020 the vikings defensive quality uh control coach um to then eventually getting uh the eagles linebacker uh, linebacking uh gig uh coaching gig there in 2021 and 2022 um you know he's got a lot of praise from that staff uh, i don't know if you've watched like his mic'd up uh you know moments he seems like a guy that you know players really play hard for um, he is a you know high energy a high energy guy. He understands that uh, Gannon defense through um, you know like the back of his hand. Um, obviously you know you can't help but you know notice that uh, the Eagles Eagles linebackers had tremendous seasons um, and um, you know Nick Rallis not only coached inside linebackers but you know he in total he's coaching you know middle linebackers, strong side linebackers, weak side linebackers. Um, you know he was obviously uh, coaching edges like Asan Reddick. Um, he was responsible for big seasons from like him and uh, TJ Edwards. I mean, who really knew about TJ Edwards to this season? I mean, he was six less tackles than Singleton this year. He had a phenomenal season kind of under the radar. Um, you know, TJ Edwards had a really good year there in uh, Philly this year. Um, you know, he had around about six tackles last night in Super Bowl, but um, 
you know, yeah, Nick Rouse, I, I I think he's a he's a good coach. Um, I just I do have some discrepancies that I want to get into in a little minute. Um, but before I, you know, I go into that, uh, what what do you think about the twenty nine year old uh, Nick Rallis? Um, I mean, I thought you know it's um, I kind of have my highs and lows on it. Um, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't mind you know if we hired him. I think that you know linebacker is kind of our a little bit of our weak spot on the defense. You know, seeing what like you said we do with guys like Hassan Reddick. TJ Edwards and those guys, you know, those are positions that I think, you know, that guys on our team need to improve on. And I feel like him coming over, you could definitely get the best out of those guys with him there. Um, you know, Baron Browning, Jonas Griffith, you know, guys like that who, you know, could use a big step, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I would, I would like it. It's just, you know, I'm looking at, you know, he's with the Vikings and the Eagles, but I don't know, man. It, it just – Cause I'm looking at Jonathan Gannon. He does like to run a lot of zone, and you know I don't really like. I don't like. A, I don't like a lot of zone. You know, especially with just a lot of linebacker cup. You know, a lot of linebacker coverage, especially in the AFC. But I mean, I wouldn't mind it. You know, for the development. I mean, guys would definitely develop well with him here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, he's him himself. He's developing as well. I mean, he's only 29 years old, um, and he's very new to the coaching scene. Um, so I want to go over my pros and cons and. Um, here so you know pros I think he's a very young bright mind like I mentioned uh, groomed by Jonathan Gannon who's just like really highly respected in the league um, highly respected by George Payton as well um, so you gotta you gotta think here like maybe um, you know George Payton could be kind of um, you know pressing Sean Payton's buttons a little bit to potentially you know help recruit uh, Nick Rouse here to Denver um, you know to potentially be be the DC here. Um, another great thing about Nick Rowles, you know, just watching things from a lot of players, what they think about him and the coaches' staff as well with uh, Nick Sirianni. Um, they he's very involved with the players. He he relates to the players on a personal level, which makes the players play hard for him, and that's that's what you love to see out of you know your coaches, especially you know on the defensive side, because um, you know. Who knows? Uh, you know, I'm, I expect great things from the offenses here, but with the defense, you know, you kind of um, it can be a little bit shaky at times, and you need a guy to really keep you keep you in the game, um, and you know, have someone to trust. You know, have someone to trust when he makes a certain decision. Know that the, he's the right guy um, in that situation. Obviously, only 29 years old. That's where my kind of my cons come into place. Um, he has no play calling experience. He's very new to the coaching scene. I mean, very very new. Um, you know, he's only been in the, the league since 2018. Um, and he just he may not be what the Broncos need right now simply because he ran a 4-3 defense in Philly with Gannon. The Broncos run a 3-4 for, you know, quite some time now. And they find they've found a lot of success from that being in the top 10 defenses for uh, a while now. Um, so I'm not too sure he's what the Broncos need right now. Um, I think they need a young mind, but at the same time, um, I think they could use a more experienced mind because Averro is like, I believe he's only like 41, 42 years old, but he has a ton of experience under his belt, um, you know, coaching uh, in the NFL, you know, in multiple assistant positions. Um, so Nick Rouse, the, you know, lack of experience, I don't think he's what the Broncos need right now. Um, honestly, I know I said, uh, you know, Rex Ryan, I don't want him, but um, Nick Rouse, I'm kind of with him right there as well. Um, I don't think it would be terrible. I would prefer him over Rex Ryan, which is honestly, I, I don't feel too confident saying that, but um, just a lack of experience definitely scares me. Um, we talk about, you know, uh, Rex Ryan not being in the league for six to seven years, but I mean, 
he was in the league a lot a lot longer than uh, what Nick Rouse has been, but he uh, he's been considered to be um, you know the next uh, Sean McVay of defense, um, you know according to uh, Benjamin Albright, which is a yeah, definitely uh, cool to hear. Yeah, um, I think Sean Payton. I mean, it, it it's really kind of up in the air. I mean, like you said, he hasn't really called any plays, and I think Denver might try to steer away from him just because of that. He doesn't have any play calling experience. I mean, yeah, you can be a hyped up guy, you know, get along with the players and everything like that, and you could look like a young mind, but if you have no play calling experience, and we're just going off personality. And I think that's one thing the Broncos are just trying to hopefully are trying to steer away from i'm not saying it would be the worst hire in the world because you know we don't really know what we're gonna get in terms of the play calling so i mean the we can just base it off jonathan gannon and um he was in minnesota with zimmer i think it was so we're gonna probably see somewhat of a mixture of that and i don't know if i really like that too much i'm not gonna lie but if i had to pick out of him and rex ryan I would kind of lean toward rex ryan just because he has experience calling plays and he has experience working with you know, somewhat of some, you know, just calling plays and he knows, you know, NFL defenses and things like that. Just an experienced guy. Yeah. So what I heard a lot of people talking about uh, Mike Zimmer, obviously he's, um, you know, coach prime said that he was going to be on that uh, staff and they're in Colorado. But uh, what do you think about Mike Zimmer? Would you want him here in Denver? Cause people are saying that Sean Payton could uh, potentially lure Mike Zimmer back um, as his DC in the NFL, which uh, I mean, if he had the options on the table between the Broncos DC job and the DC job in Colorado, I think he would take the Broncos job considering it's a, uh, you know, a higher up in the pros. Didn't he join the staff? It's not official. Oh, it's not official because no, cause no. I, I, I just looked it up and said, Sports Illustrated said he joined. I, I I thought he joined, but uh, if it's still like undecided, I would like Mike Zimmer. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would take him over the candidates that we have. I don't think it would be a bad hire by any means. You know, coaching experience, he would get along with the guys. You know, bring that same winning culture because I mean, he did have success in Minnesota. I know a lot of Minnesota fans don't like Mike Zimmer. I like Mike Zimmer. I thought, you know, he got the best out of what he could with the quarterbacks that he was given and things like that. Um, I would like it. Just over the canvas, you know, we have Sean Desire, Rex Ryan, and um, Nick Rallis. You know, I, I I would love Mike Zimmer. I'm not going to lie. I, I would love him. Out of the three candidates right now, um, Sean Desai, Nick Rallis, and Rex Ryan, at the, at the moment, I'm going with uh, Sean Desai to be yeah. the next DC and who I would prefer um, the experience there, experience is there, the, you know, scheme fit is there. Um, you know, he actually coached in the NFL last year, um, wasn't, you know, on the ESPN bashing the Broncos. So, um, I think I'll take, I think I'll take Sean, uh, Desai at the moment. Let, let us know what you guys think about that in the comment section. Um, uh, with that being said, let's go in and jump into today's, uh, new segment. Uh, would you rather, uh, would you, uh, want to kick that off, kick that off with us, uh, today, Jordan? Yeah. So, um, it took me a while. I kind of made it hard for you. So um, first guy I'm going to start with, uh, I'm going to go quarterback. I'm going to go to the guy that just played yesterday. I'm going to do Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to go, would you rather – the first guy I'm, I'm going to give you, would you rather Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson? Oh, damn. Well, the injuries injuries definitely uh, play effect into the um, situation with uh, Lamar. Um, I'm personally a big Lamar truther. But at the same time, I'm a big, um, big Jalen Hurts truther. So that's a good question. I see some people already arguing uh, yesterday saying that Jalen Hurts is um, above Lamar now in the rankings. Um, me personally, if it, is it just me taking uh, my, my franchise quarterback for like the next uh, 10 years or so? Or is it like just like for one season? Um, 
I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll say this. Make it like franchise. Like, you know, you're in a, say you're in a fantasy draft, not like fantasy football. You oh, know, okay, like, I got you. Yeah, a draft and you, they're both there. Like, which one are you taking? Give me Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'm going with Lamar. I'm not going to lie. Uh, Jay, I love Jalen Hurts, but I just think Lamar is just too, like, it's different. Yeah, you got to go with Lamar. All right, next one. Um, would you rather go with Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow? Give me Joe Burrow. Give yeah, me I'm Joe Shasty. I'm taking Joe. Dude, um, he's he just got that winning winning mentality. Everything about him, he just wins. He even though he that O line is just always horrible and like putrid. Imagine him by behind like a Jalen Hurts O line or you know a Pat Mahomes O line. He would he would go crazy. Yeah. All right. Uh, I got two more for you. So would you go Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen? Because a lot of people are taking Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen? I mean. It's actually kind of a debate in my mind, but I mean, the thing is, Josh Allen just makes too many boneheaded mistakes, and it could really hurt you in a, in a postseason game. And we literally saw that this past postseason. Um, I, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Josh Allen, um, just because he could he could still do it all. I mean, he has a better arm. Um, he could still he he's uh he's not as great as Jalen Hurts on his legs, but he's he's literally right there, like neck and neck. I mean, he's still an incredible runner despite his uh, you know big size. Um, Josh Allen has an absolute cannon. Um, probably I mean him and Mahomes right there are the biggest arms in the NFL. So I think I, I would take Josh Allen. Just got to make sure you get the right coaching staff around him to limit those mistakes. Yeah, I would agree. I'll go Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen's a better passer. I think Jalen Hurts can get it on the running side, but I think. Josh Allen's accuracy, his ability to throw the ball deep and everything like that. I, I, I'll go Josh Allen for now, but Josh Allen's on. He's low-key declined on my board. I yeah, had a him little at bit. two going into the season. I'm around three or four. All right, the last one. Um, you got right. Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Everybody, everybody in the world is calling Justin Herbert overrated, but I think he's good, man. I think he's really, really good. Um, Jalen Hurts or Justin Herbert? Man, give me Justin Herbert. I, 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 lo I love Justin Herbert, man. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, d divisional rival there, but I think he's got an absolute insane arm. Um, I know everybody's talking about how the majority of his touchdowns are just, you know, they only have one total uh, yard, you know, yards of air. Um, a lot of his touchdowns are just, you know, checkdowns or whatever. But I think he has the he possesses insane raw talent. Um, and I, I just don't think his O lines is as, as insane as Jalen Hurts. I feel picking. I feel so bad picking all these people over Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts is an incredible quarterback. But I, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, you know Justin Herbert. I think the raw talent is better. I'm going Jalen Hurts. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert gets a lot of credit just because of his arm talent, like just specifically his arm talent. I'm gonna go Jalen Hurts. I, I think Jalen Hurts has done more. I think, you know, you could talk about the division, but the NFC East has been good, too. I think Jalen Hurts just has more as a quarterback than Justin Herbert. And I feel like Justin Herbert, he's he's very, to me, he's just very overrated. I mean, that's just me. I mean, looking at his stats, 25 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, had a quarterback, a quarterback rating of 58, passer rating was a 93, isn't bad. But, I mean, I'm going, I'm, I'm going Jalen Hurts, man. I just think he just, I'm taking Jalen Hurts all day. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm taking him all day over Justin Herbert. Uh, that's fair. I just, I think it just goes more beyond the stats. Um, I think he's just the better quarterback. It is close though. In my rankings, they would probably be neck and neck. But I definitely I, I would take Justin Herbert there. I feel like push come to shove, like offensive line. I feel like Jalen Hurts can just make more plays with his legs, and I feel like his his arm talent oh, yeah, is can. really underrated. His arm talent is really underrated. It's not. 
it's not up there with guys like Allen and Mahomes, but I think that it in Rodgers, but it's definitely up there. It's very underrated. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna throw yeah, you saw that. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those yesterday was crazy. That throw to AJ Brown that early in the Super Bowl, your oh first God. career Super Bowl. I mean, <laughs> that, that that's damn impressive. That has nothing to do with anything else besides his insane arm. So yeah. Um but I, I think Justin Herbert could definitely make that throw 10 yards further back. So um yeah, uh I don't think I don't, I, you know, obviously you, you built all the, you know, would you rather questions for today's episode. Um, I, I came up with one in my mind, Leon. I think I may have forgot it. I think it was like, would you rather have a wide receiver? Oh, yeah. So I was, uh, would you rather have a wide receiver that always consistently balls out in away games, but never shows up in home games? Or would you have a wide receiver that puts up kind of around just mediocre average production every single week, but is still consistent? Okay, so you're basically telling me Amari Cooper or somebody like Amon Ra. Um, basically. Oh, uh, I would probably have to go um, the other option, not the um, you know Amari Cooper option where you know he only balls out in home games and away games. Um, I probably have to go the consistent option because you know what you're gonna get. Um, I feel like you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it's one thing to have a guy. Inconsistency is the worst thing that can happen. I mean, you just always gotta remain consistent. So I'd rather have a guy who know who I know what I'm going to get out of him every week than a guy that's like, okay, he's going to be good. He's going to go off one game, then the next two games get like 35 yards. And you're like, come on, man. Like I need you, but I, I'd rather just get the guy that's going to be more consistent. Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is uh that's going to be it for today's episode. Um, Before we end, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the commercials during the Super Bowl yesterday. What did you think about those? That to be commercial had me like, I felt so, like the Sp- the SpongeBob meme were, you know. Yeah, so I went. So me and my friends, we all went to Buffalo Wild Wings and watched the Super Bowl. And like, I everybody, it was packed. So everybody's like, "What the hell? But put the game back on." I'm like, "Bro, it's a." In my head, I'm like, "This is a commercial," and everybody's around me just freaking out and everything like that. It was hilarious. I'm not gonna lie. I was the other one. I like the I like the, break, the Breaking Bad one. I don't know if you ever seen Breaking Bad, but that commercial was hilarious. It. Oh, yeah, man, everybody talks funny. so so amazing about uh, Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. The biggest thing to me was they didn't have any uh, BK commercials yesterday, which is kind of surprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be it for today's episode. I hope you guys uh, hope you guys enjoyed um, everything from the Super Bowl all the way to the Broncos, uh, DC candidates. Um, you guys should probably expect the um, Sean Payne's coaching staff uh, to be completed by at least uh, the end of the, uh, this week. Um, as you know, we're co- recording this and uploading it today on um, uh, Monday, February 13th. Um, but hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure to like, subscribe, you know, you know, big emphasis on subscribe, get us to 400 subs. I appreciate you guys so much. All support. If you guys listen all the way to the end, appreciate you guys so much it, it does mean a lot um you know leave a comment let us know what you guys think about uh thought about today's episode and what you want to see more on the podcast uh, if you're listening on apple spotify podcast make sure you guys have notifications on so you never miss an episode of the broncos avenue podcast i'm your host amir with my co-host jordan till the next one peace peace